Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to be with you. Great to be talking about something we all love. Great to be reaching out to all four corners of the globe and to share this love of adventure, travel, growth, progress, and love. This is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago, an ancient pilgrimage in Europe. If you are new to the podcast and thinking of walking, go for it. If you're a seasoned pilgrim pining for the way, I share your pain. The Camino's been there for hundreds of years, and it will be there for thousands of years after we're all gone. And I thought about what quote I'd use this week. I went through my little desk calendar. There was really nothing. I went through the notes in my diary. Mm, nothing. Then I remembered I'd taken a photo of a T-shirt hanging in a shop in the Gold Coast last summer. It said, follow your soul. It knows the way. Isn't that perfect? Follow your soul. It knows the way. I love pilgrims. I love their energy, their optimism, their sense of humour, because they don't seem to take themselves too seriously. Lilia Mooney is a professor of diversity and social inclusion at Georgetown University in the United States. She's also a pilgrim. Lilia's on the line from Washington, D.C. Welcome, pilgrim. Thank you so much, Pilgrim. It's, it's such a pleasure to be having this conversation with you, and thank you so much for, for this opportunity. You know, Lilia, you say it's good for the soul, heart, and emotions for us to be connected, Camino people. Why? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, actually. And, um, you know, what you do through the podcast, um, and I've listened to some of your podcasts, not all of them, but it, it reproduces the type of conversations uh, I, I've had um, when I was doing my own Camino with other pilgrims. Those, those mid-morning or mid-afternoon café con leches, mm -hmm. uh, coffee with milks uh, <laughs> uh, that you probably remember as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a bit. <laughs> and having conversations with other pilgrims from different walks of life, no, and uh, and how good for the soul that is, um, and and what you do, continuing that same type of authentic conversations uh, as part of the community because we belong to a community. Um, I think it's fantastic, and uh, and particularly when I uh, I listen to your conversation with Johnny Walker Santiago, um, our common friend. Um, I was inspired to listen to both of you um, because uh, uh, you reflected that, that, that conversation that happens, you know, the learning about each other when you are doing the Camino. Learning about yourself um, because it's important when you are doing the Camino, at least that was my experience, um, to spend time on my own. Um, but also, um, when you were connecting with others, when I was connecting with other pilgrims, also learning and having those conversations, you know, about your life, about your, your background, um, why you are doing the Camino, those reflections, the great laughs that you share along the way. I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, so thank you. Thank you for keeping up with this spirit of the Camino, because I think it's, it's, it's very important, particularly now. How did the Camino come into your life, Lilia? Um, yeah, that's another great question. Um, so as you know, I'm originally from Argentina, although I, I live in Washington, D.C. Uh, I've been here for several years now. Um, 
And I grew up as part of a culture that that actually has embedded the notion and and the practice more than the notion of going on pilgrimages, no? Peregrinajes, we say in Spanish. And it's it's a practice that... uh, it's, of course, it's rooted in the Christian, the Catholic tradition in particular. And um, and it's spread out throughout Latin America, not only in Argentina. So this this practice of, uh, of going as part of uh, big pilgrimages to different sites, probably not for such a long time, um, but it's embedded in your practice um, and in your life, particularly if you are raised as a Catholic. Um, but I also, I also um, grew up with books in my family, and there were books about the Camino, and I remember reading those books when I was uh, uh, very young. Uh, I've always liked hiking and being in the outdoors and in the countryside. So all these different uh, um, elements uh, were part of me already. Um, but I would say that... Uh, um, Life takes you through different caminos, no? Um, and I would say that uh, probably 10 years ago, um, here in Washington, I was at a, at a dinner party. There were lots of people. Uh, and out of the blue, um, somebody mentioned that they knew someone who had just done the Camino de Santiago. And, and there it was. It came to me again. It came back to me. So that's how it came back to, uh, to my radar, if you will. Yeah. And I said, oh, I always wanted to do the Camino de Santiago. And I remembered. <laughs> but you get busy with life, with work, with challenges, with family responsibilities. There was never a good time in my life. Um, up until that moment, no, when it came back to me and, uh, and I, I said, okay, I will do it. Um, and... And, you know, it started uh, growing organically, I would say, until I finally made it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that you had your Catholic upbringing. Are you still a religious person now? So, you know, I consider, yeah, I consider myself to be a a person of faith. Sure. Um, uh, Religious. um, I'm also... uh, very committed to cultivating my my own spirituality and connection with with God, with God's love, um, and um, and that is also linked to the question of why you know I always say you know why did I decide to do the Camino? No, because uh, um, I reflected a lot about that. I think it's important to have some clarity on the why you want to do the Camino. And in my case. Um, it was this need to connect back with my spirit. Yeah. Uh, it, it was an important intention for me. Um, I didn't know what that really meant, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I felt that, you know, I really wanted to, to spend some time uh, doing that. Um, you know, maybe um, disconnecting a bit from ego no, and you know all the challenges, the responsibilities, the work, um, you know, family responsibilities, um, and take some time to to reflect. Um, there's a very nice. You talked about quotes, um, and I remember that uh, I came across um, several years ago. Um, 
um, the book, this book written by the Irish uh, poet and, and scholar called uh, uh, John O'Donoghue. Yeah. And he has this wonderful, he has wonder, lots of wonderful books. Um, but one of them is called Anamkara, you know, uh, which is Anam, you know, it's in, in Celtic, it means your soul friend. Um, and, uh, and he talks a lot about this, the importance of, uh, the importance of uh, not becoming addicted to the sounds and the voices of this external world that we all belong to and that we have to be part of it and contribute and, and, and engage in, a, in an active manner. Uh, but sometimes with all the noise out there, we, we, we forget to take care, good care of what's inside of you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very delicate dance, dance, if you will, no? Yeah. That, uh, that you have to engage. So I always thought about that quote and, uh, and that book, and it's very linked to, to that why, my why, engaging on, 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 on this uh, walk of a lifetime, if you will. Yeah, right. Yeah. You do lots of talks and presentations to different audiences uh, on preparing and walking the Camino. What's one piece of advice you give every time? Uh, yeah. So, yes, you know, it's, um, of course, I, I say lots of things, but again, going back to the why. Why yeah. do you want the Camino, um, because you know, as you said, you know, I talk to a lot of people and people from all ages, eh, and all walks of life, uh, um, teenagers through you know midlife professionals and people all the way up into their eighties, mm. uh, that they have these questions about the Caminos, like finding themselves and making big changes and this and that. So you know, for me, is I always tell them. You know, clarify your why. Why do you, what is your intention for doing the Camino de Santiago? You know, you don't have to be a religious person or a spiritual person because you and I met people who were religious, who were not religious at all, who were spiritual, who were not spiritual at all, who were on a wines and spirituality you know, pilgrimage, and that's fine as well. After all, it's Spain, and they have wonderful food and wine. Yeah. Uh, so all sorts of walks, no, of life. But I think it's it's important to have some sense of uh, of that why. But of course, I also talk to them about you know the practical ways, no, the how to prepare, uh, some tips, things that w- have worked for me. That doesn't mean that has to work. Ha- they have to work for them, but. Uh, but I think it's important to to have a balance on those on those questions. Well, what's one of those tips? Just give us one. Um, so you know, one of the things uh, I, I suggest people is getting the habit of walking or moving every day, which today is a bit difficult, no? Because we're all in lockdown, yeah. pretty much everywhere in the world. Um, um, but this this habit of uh, of being active every day, um, it's very important because, as you know, you know we, you have to when you are doing the Camino, you have to be ready to to go <laughs> every single day. Yeah. Uh, unless of course you need to take a break or you don't feel fine or you know all sorts of reasons. But I think that that getting 
in that um, in that um, spirit is is very very important. Another thing is that uh, um, I try to tell them to um, get rid of their headphones <laughs> uh, when they are doing the Camino. Um, great. Because I, I rem- yeah, because you know it's. Um, it's it's a great uh, it's such a unique opportunity for you to be connected to nature, and uh, and 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 engage with others um, in a different way uh, apart from you know visiting a country and learning from a country from the inside out literally. Um, but you know I've seen people I remember seeing people who were on their headphones or with their playlists when you are walking in the midst of this lovely countryside. And you are probably missing out on so much, no? Listening to the birds, or the chicken, or <laughs> or the horses, or you know, all sorts of um, important <laughs> elements that belong to to this experience, no? It's how you connect. So I think I, I try to tell them that, uh, to share that with them, um, to be aware and self-aware of their surroundings. I was lucky enough. Um, when I was doing the Camino to have a great support network, no, both in Portugal and in Galicia, no people that were checking with me on a, on a daily basis as well. Yeah. A great friends of mine who supported me throughout the, they were living with me the Camino every single day, no. Uh, and that I, I consider that to be a privilege as well, but you know, have your network and, and, and share the experience um, with them as well. I think those are, those are um, some of the tips um, I, and my own learnings um, mm. that I would share with them. No? You know, on the more practical uh, note, um, you know, I've seen people, um, pilgrims, that, uh, you know, we all have different um, life circumstances that take us to go on the Camino. And I understand that very well, you know, it's, some may not have the luxury of, you know, training every day or walking every day or this and that. But I met, you know, pilgrims that, you know, one day they decided to go uh, to Santiago de Compostela and do the pilgrimage. And uh, and they hadn't really walked before. Uh, and they just bought a pair of boots that was not really good for them. Yeah. And they actually ended up in the hospital having surgery, you know. Um, foot surgery so you know we don't have to go on the extreme but you know this part of preparing yourself and making sure that you know you are gonna try to have a a good experience no because it's it's an experience for the for the body for the mind and for the spirit as well Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you have to take care of your body, no, to really yeah. go through the experience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, that is very, yeah. very important. Uh, and doing a bit of preparation can really uh, reduce the, the possibility that you may end up in hospital. That's right. I walked with an Italian pilgrim who ended up in hospital in 2016, and he was yeah. um, he was desperately upset. Um, but really hadn't listened to his body and the blisters on the bottom of his feet ended up completely out of control and he ended up in hospital in Ponferrada. Yeah, one of the projects you've been working and reflecting on and developing is the lessons from the Camino that we apply in our daily lives. What can we, or what can the Camino teach us in these uncertain times? Yeah, that is, um, it's, it's, it's a great question because I've been, I've been reflecting 
reflecting a lot um, um, since coming back uh, from the Camino. And uh, um, and I remember, again, speaking of quotes, no, um, on the Anamkara book by, by John O'Donnell, he, he, um, there's a part where he talks about uh, um, the fact that, you know, in order to grow, you need to change. And um, he also quotes uh, John Henry Newman um, and saying that, uh, you know, in order to, to, to grow, you have to change. And to be perfect is to have changed often, which I always thought it was a very interesting quote. Yeah. And very linked to, you know, the experiences we go uh, in the Camino. And I, I have three words. Um, for that experience, you know, one of the, the first one is fear. You know, how do we how do we look at our fears in a different way? You know, you hold the questions that uh, that we have before going on the Camino, um, or all the fears and questions that we may have now as we're going through uh, this pandemic. You no, know? yeah. so it's important to name them. You no, know, um, to understand them in order to be able to transform them. Um, and, uh, and to be able to, to, you know, to walk through them. Um, so that's, that's one level. I think when, once you understand what your fears are, I think you, you can have a, a more authentic conversation with yourself. Another word that I have is learning. You know? um, what are the things that I need to learn that I don't know now uh, and that could help me overcome that fear? or transform that fear? Um, what do I need to do or what do I need to see um, that I don't see right now? That's another big question. And those are questions that, you know, I was actually asking myself uh, as I was doing the Camino, um, both on the personal level, but also, uh, you know, as as I was walking through the Camino, no? understanding, understanding, um, different levels of, uh, of what was happening outside of me. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you probably went through the same experiences as well. Yeah. And then it's, I have another word. My third word is, is growth. Um, because I think, you know, just like in the quotes from John Henry Newman or, or John O'Donoghue, um, you know, once, once we can really, you know, name our fears and, and understand what is it that we need to do, then I think we, we, we have this opportunity to lead ourselves in a different way. Um, you know, what is it, what is, what is the self that I'm bringing out to the world? How am I connecting with others? How am I participating in my community? Um, how am I adapting, you know, to the circumstances like, you know, the pandemic that we are going through now? Um, so what are the, what are the changes that I need to make to my lifestyle? No, um, what are the, the aspects of my life that need to, that I need to pay more attention to, no, my well-being, my emotional well-being now that I'm in lockdown here, no? So how do I connect with others? So that some of those are the questions I, I've been reflecting on, you know, they are part of the Camino, but that we carry through life, you know, as, as we come back to, uh, from that experience. Um, yeah, but I would be curious to, to see how you, how you, you have experienced this as well. 
Well, I, I think both or all three aspects are something that I most certainly um, dealt with, and one I mean, fears without question. Um, learning, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. I, I just love learning from people all the time. Still today, I seek, yeah. I seek that information. I seek that yearning and learning um, and growth. That's another reason why I do the podcast because I love to hear about other people's stories and I learn a lot from that too. And, I, and I've yeah. grown a lot as a result of that as well, Lilia. No question about that. But in your, yeah. I think each of those things – uh, your fears and your and, and learning and growth can enable us and help us to heal. And the Camino and walking is a is a great healer too, isn't it? It's a good way to oh, heal. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, there's no question about that. Um, I was actually, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching um, um, a documentary. Um, and it was this, uh, it was a 15 or 20 minutes um, documentary um, that was part of the Washington DC Environmental Film Festival about this um, veteran um, that, uh, you know, in order to walk through um, his PTSD after being, you know, at war, yeah. um, he decided to, you know, walk parts of the Appalachian Trail. And he was talking about, you know, this this feeling, the need to go out, you know, um, to nature and connect there because there's something about it. You know, once you are out there, there's something that, you know, it makes you more settled. Um, you know, it puts you away from the noise, you no? Know? All the craziness from the cell phones and the texting and the emails and mm. all the things that we are part of in life, no, that you really need to um, um, sometimes stay a bit away from to, to, to create that space for healing and restoration. Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, walking, walking the great tonic. And there's a lot of talk, Lilia, at the moment about mental health. Um, yes. And and. and and walking is a great tonic for mental health. You talked about that veteran there. Um, I wonder what we can learn about a potential Camino. So, you know, thinking ahead and hoping and wishing to be back there can give us some hope yeah. maybe. Yes. Yeah, so the Camino can in a way be a tonic for the future. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's hope as well. No? Yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there are so many things that we learn, um, you know, uh, or we we develop when being on the Camino, no? Or what we say the Camino teaches things, no? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I call them values as well. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know this idea. You know you have to have physical stamina. No, this this getting in this habit of you know moving every day. No, that's that's more on the on the physical level, if you will. But you also have solidarity. No, this sense of uh, of community um, that brings people together. Like you and I talking. You are in Australia. I'm in Washington D.C. Originally from Argentina. But we met thanks to the Camino de Santiago. No? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this sense of community, no solidarity, 
you know, the sharing that comes with the with being on the Camino. No, sometimes you would share an apple or figs or sandwich and or cheese, and there you have a picnic in the midst of. Uh, of uh, the Galician countryside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't it sound? It sounds even better when you're in lockdown, doesn't it? It sounds. Yes. <laughs> so we're giving people hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suspect um, a lot of people listening to us are parents and grandparents. How yes. do we how do we lead our children and grandchildren through these difficult times? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, these are difficult times and, you know, how you lead the children and your grandchildren. And uh, so um, I think, you know, it's, and I see, uh, you know, on the streets with people, I observe that. And, you know, I also see it with with myself, no? Um, You know, understanding the sense of agency and, um, and, that actually my actions have an impact on others. Um, I think that is very important. Um, and you see children, you know, being very self-aware of this. Um, um, because I, um, I talk to um, nephews or um, my nieces and, uh, and young children, and they're very self-aware and all that about their taking care of their grandparents. Um, so, um, I think that is very important, uh, to share. And these are, you know, understanding that, you know, we are part of a, something larger. It's not sort of a bumper sticker, if you will. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. all of this together. Okay. Yeah. So it's the larger scheme of things, the universe, but actually my actions, what I do and what I don't do have an impact on you or somebody else, no. And, uh, and, and helping, uh, um, curve this uh, um, this pandemic no and and uh, so I think you know it's, it's, it's through talking education but also sharing these principles and values no that our actions do really matter yeah yeah, yeah. I think and, and and be mindful of it, especially mindful of it at this point in time yeah. yeah yeah and also yeah the sense of uh, you know connection and solidarity yeah um um, there is um, a Jesuit priest here in the U.S. Um, his name is um, Gregory Boyles, and um, he worked um, a lot with former gang members in California. Uh-huh. Um, very interesting work. Um, and he wrote uh, very interesting books, one of them called Tattoos on the Heart, and then the other one is called, um, if I remember correctly, um, Barking to the Choir. And he talks a lot about this concept of radical kinship. Um, and, uh, you know, that basically is this concept that, you know, we are, we, we are all connected, you no, know, regardless of whether we, you know, we may not belong to the same family directly, but you know, all of us as human are connected. Human beings, we are connected, and and um, and and the pandemic, the virus in particular, COVID nineteen, is um, is actually building on that human connection. It's very well networked, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Yeah. And so, you know, we as human beings have this opportunity also to leverage and be part of the solution for this. So I thought, you know, I made the connection reading his book, listening to him, that, um, you know, this concept of radical kinship is also an opportunity for us to remember, you know, leveraging this as also the antidote, if you will, the vaccine, no, to, um, to fighting this pandemic. Yeah. Wow. What a great... Great perspective, Lilia. I love that. I love that. That it is indeed growing and 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 it's the solidarity that that that's a fascinating concept. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. His work has been very interesting, but you know, he says, yeah, how do we leverage that? No, this uh, human connection. And that sometimes we don't feel connected, right? Yeah. You know, I don't that maybe my actions will have an impact on you, you know, the living in Australia, well, or in Argentina, or in Galicia, Spain, that we all love so much, no? But actually it does. It does have an impact. Yeah. You know, I said in the last um, podcast that I was talking to a friend of mine at my local yoga studio, and she said, oh, you know, um, this was only the very, very early days. She said, um, crisis can be a great catalyst for opportunity. Oh, yeah. And, and seeing people connect the way they have has really mm-hmm. been fantastic. Now, yeah. you know, my wife has a friend who lives in Perth in Western Australia. It's right across on the other side of the country. And we've seen her maybe a handful of times in the last 10 years, but I've only seen her husband once, I think, in 15 years. And here they were on our on the phone on on Friday night. We were having a glass of wine at our kitchen bench, and they were having a glass of wine at their kitchen bench. And yeah. we finally got a chance to sit down and talk. Yes, you know it was really lovely. You know, I sang a few songs, and and my wife and her friend both had a bit of a dance, and they were saying, you know, how good is it to have a dance together? And so, you know, and that's an opportunity that we perhaps would never have taken. Um, yes. And so, yes, you're yes. right. You're right. That's fascinating. And sorry, Lily, what was the name of the, the, the chap's name who wrote the book, The Tattooed Heart? What was his name? Yes, his father, Gregory Boyle. Gregory B-O- Boyle. Boyle, yeah. Okay. I'm going to look yeah. that up. I'm going to look that up and read that book. Yeah. You should. You should. I'll send you the links as well. But it's yeah. fun. Both, are, both books are just amazing. Uh, Tattoos on the Heart. And Barking to the Choir. Right. Um, yeah, fascinating, fascinating yeah. book. And the work he does as well. Yeah. Now, back to the Camino. Um, yeah. And, and do, do you think pilgrims have a sense of being settled, perhaps even at peace while the rest of the world is going a bit crazy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I guess, you know, there are some... Um, you know, I've been observing myself um, since um, since this whole thing exploded, if you will, and um, and talking with uh, also other pilgrims um, from different parts of the world that I'm still in touch with. Um, you know, we were sharing this uh, this same feeling that you know, yes, we are going through all this. Um, 
these challenging times. And at the same time, we were sharing the same sense of, uh, I wouldn't say it was peace because I was also feeling the anxiety, you know, but it's uh, sort of, yeah, this sense of being settled. Um, and uh, so we were reflecting and I, I, I believe, yeah, there are some, some uh, traits, if you will, um, uh, that we could, we could leverage from that experience. Um, yeah. For instance, uh, um, you know, um, simplicity, no, is that when you go on the Camino, um, you learn to live a simpler life. No, you don't need so many things. You yeah. realize that, uh, um, you know, you have to be ready and prepared. No, that's another, that's another important skill because you're going to face different, uh, weather conditions. No? Sure. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, simplicity, it's, it's, it's part of a, it's part of a experience. So now we're, we are forced to, um, you know, with the pandemic, we are forced to have a simpler approach to life. Maybe all the things that you thought that you needed, maybe you don't need them so much, no, as you are, you know, it's, it's an interesting exercise, um, this sense of uh, adapting to weather conditions, you know, when you're on the Camino. Um, yes, uh, you have to adapt to this way of living, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, patience, no? Going, you know, understanding patience about yourself, you know, when you're going, you're feeling restless on the Camino. There are days where I'm feeling restless here as well, you know, locked yeah. down in my apartment. No, you probably go through the same uh, experience with your family. Um, but at the same time, you, we also, I think, this sense of joyful optimism, that is hope, no? Uh, we will get through this. Um, the, eventually, we will get um, to, to, you know, to a solution to this problem. The world has done it. There's evidence, no? Yeah. Uh, it has happened before. Uh, and we will get through this as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's just another another element. So it, it gives, I, th- I believe, it gives us some sense of uh, um, being settled, yes, you know, because I, yeah, not so much anxiety because, you know, the news, this and that, you know, it takes a toll on you. Yeah, it does. And I, yeah? Yeah, it does. I, I yeah. sometimes, well, I actually made a conscious decision last night not to put the television on because... Uh, I thought the family was fed up with it, and we all were. So we, it was great. We just sort of sat around and had a talk, but um, rather than putting the news on. My guest, Kathy Watkins, said a few weeks ago, the Camino is resting. What do you uh, make of that? Yes, I listened to that, and I, I thought it was great. I would say, you know, it's about time the Camino had a break. <laughs> After hundreds of years of all of us uh, going there, no? It's like how many hundreds of thousands of people walk the Camino every day, every year? Like two or three hundred thousand a year, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the same time, I think, you know, the Camino is very alive in all of us. You know, you and I having this conversation now, your weekly podcasts, we connecting, you know, me connecting with my my friends um, from the Camino. But I also think that um, while the Camino is resting, um, it's also um, it's also taking care of its own people, no, the Spanish people that has suffered so much. 
with this pandemic. Um, so in a spiritual way, um, I think the Camino is also um, playing a very important part in helping the people from Galicia and the different parts of Spain, you know, uh, in their journey back to healing, restoration and, and recovery um, that they, I have faith that, you know, they will get there. But these are difficult times for the people of Spain. Yeah. Um, so we, as you know, pilgrims who have benefited so much from all walks of lives from everywhere in the world, you know, going to Spain, they are so, they, they treat us so wonderfully when we are there. No, they make us feel at home. They take care of us. Um, I cannot even tell you all the times people, Spanish people, paid for my for my breakfasts and my journey and my lunches or coffees because you know they were saying oh no you are a peregrina no so um you know uh, you know we we welcome you so it's it's also time for them to to receive the healing no yeah from from the camino so in that sense i don't think the camino is resting yeah yeah that's great <laughs> yeah no that that's so true it's lovely to think of it like that that perhaps the yeah. Spanish people might get something out of it. Something, yeah. yeah, and rest might be a good thing. You say that we need to walk through these difficult times, like one of the big storms we often face while on the Camino, and you and I have both experienced the beauty of a post-storm evening, a post-storm night. Is there something to learn from a storm passing and our chance to see clearly once the clouds have passed? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful feeling, no? Um, yeah. To get there, um, you know, um, you know that sense of uh, clarity that you feel when the clouds are are clearing up. And, um, you know, either the sun is coming out again or the stars are rising in the evening, you know, after a, a, a stormy weather. Um, it's, it's very special, you know, and I, understanding that, you know, the sun also rises, you no, know, always. And, um, and it gives you a lot of sense of uh, uh, calmness, you no, know, mm. a, a sense of, uh, you know, going through these storms, I don't know about you, but for me, it's it's also like in life, no? Because the Camino is a metaphor, you know, um, it's also kind of a bumper sticker, but it's real as well, no? So it's like what happens in the Camino is also part of your life. Um, and um, going through storms in your life, like going on the big storms on the Camino is like uh, um, eventually, you know, you know, it's going to pass. No, you, you have to have faith yeah. uh, and hope that you, you will get through it. And um, I think it's, you know, for me, the stormy weathers on the Camino were the most rewarding ones as, as I look them and I, I reflect on them. The most uh, wonderful experiences I've had, I would say, um, very interesting, very interesting. And uh, walking under, you know, heavy rain, no, for 16, 20 kilometers with no stops along the way. That's a challenge. Um, <laughs> but eventually you get to the other side, no? <laughs> you do, but it's a real challenge. I mean, walking a real one kilometer in heavy rain is, is, is a challenge. 
this. It is. Yeah. Um, well, that's why you also have to have proper gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through, the, through the stormy weather, no? mm. they, this sense of being ready, you know, because the weather will change dramatically as you go through your day. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. walking on the Maseta, two German girls. It was so hot. It was bla- yeah. The sun was blazing down. And they yeah. said, oh, we're so tired of this. And I said, I had walked through parts of France and it teemed rain. I mean, rain you couldn't see 10 feet in yeah. front of you was so heavy, the rain. And I said, yeah. I said, oh, it's walking like this is better than the alternative for me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind the heat because, boy, walking in the rain is a real challenge. It is a real challenge. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And coming yeah. out the other side is so beautiful because, you know, everything smells so the flowers are much brighter, everything is cleaner and fresher. It's nice. And you feel a sense of accomplishment also, no? Yeah, you yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, did you feel, you know, this, this Camino journey, this pilgrimage has now provided for you this sort of insight um, an opportunity. But did you feel at some stage in your life that you needed something, something more? Um, I think we, you know, as human beings, we always feel we need something more. Um, for me, the, you know, what I was feeling is, I, I, my question is, my question was, and it still is now after doing the Camino, because it became clearer to me, what is relevant mm. in my life? No? Where do I need to put my energy? What are the things that are important, um, that are relevant in this limited time that I have? Because we, we have a limited time yeah. on earth. So it's like, what is relevant? Um, because, you know, again, going back to these quotes from, from the books, and but, you know, it's like... you. Life gets very noisy, no? And and sometimes you take on things, you do things, and you know, you engage on more activities, you take on more responsibilities, or you do things that maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very common to say, you know, it doesn't make me happy, but um, for me, it was what is relevant? So that was that was one of the biggest questions for me, and it still is. So what are the things that I need to change or retool or recalibrate um, um, as, I, as I move forward with my life? Um, and those are very important questions to ask yourself, uh, you know, throughout your life, I believe, um, to be on purpose, no? to be intentional uh, on how, you know, how you give back to society, how are you of service to others, how do you, how do you help restore uh, some of the breakdowns that we see um, in our society as well. But you have to have clarity on, on what your purpose is, I think. Um, I don't have all the answers, though, but I think, you know, I had clarity um, on the relevancy of the questions I was asking myself. And that is what the Camino helped me with a lot. Wow, great answer. Great answer. And I love that, um, that you concentrate on what is relevant in your life. Yeah. Yeah, great answer. Do you plan ahead? Are you what I call a spreadsheet pilgrim, Lilia? Do you, do you know where you're going to stay each night? No, 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 no. No, I'm not a spreadsheet uh, um, uh, 
pilgrim. Um, I, you know, I like having the big picture <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of have an idea, but uh, but uh, but you know, um, being open to discovering um, the the places and and the experience. I mean, yeah, I, it's a combination of both. But I'm not the spreadsheet yeah. type of uh, of pilgrim. I respect those because those, they are very helpful because they are the ones that tell me also. No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need them. We need them on the Camino and in, in life in general. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And there's always someone, isn't there? You know, there's always someone you know or he'll know. I'll go and ask him because he'll know or she'll know. That's so true. That's that is it's so true. funny. <laughs> and I'm never the one. Nobody ever asks me anything. That's so funny. That's... I'm in the middle. No, I like having the guy that has a big picture, but it's like in the corner. If yeah. you turn right and walk three steps, you will find that coffee place. Well, yes and no. No, So it's like, because otherwise, where is the magic of discovering the place as well? No? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Hey, uh, let, let's step back. You and I, let's step back onto the Camino. Um, it's, our yes. la, it's our last day. Tell us about arriving in Santiago de Compostela. Oh, it's, it's a very special experience. Um, very unique. And uh, I call it the great high and the great low. No? Yeah. Uh, that day walking, the last day of walking, and you are, you know, you are 30 or 20 or 10 or 5 kilometers away from Santiago um, are the most amazing ones. You know, they're going to be probably the most crowded days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no? Um, it was, it's, it's so much of joy, no? you know, the excitement of that you feel with people, the pilgrims walking, uh, you know, that urgency to get to Santiago, trying to beat the weather, um, yeah, heavy rains, heavy rains getting towards Santiago. Um, and then as, as you get to Santiago, no, you are there, you know, because you have all these, um, I call them the, the administrative steps, no, also of being a pilgrim. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Get to, you want to get to the pilgrim's office to get your Compostela, and uh, but also you want to go to the cathedral to be on time for the pilgrim's mass, and maybe you get lucky if they mention your your country of origin as a pilgrim and uh, all sorts of things. But you know, getting to to Santiago and uh, the Praça do Obrador for me was a, a magic experience. Um, uh, I was. Um, I always remember uh, this uh, Galician um, um, piper uh, musician who is fantastic, no, Carlos Núñez. And um, I remember the day I was getting into Santiago. I had in my in my mind um, some of uh, some of the songs uh, he performed uh, many times. Uh, one of them, you know, the, with the I remember the, with the symphonic orchestra of Galicia at the Praza uh, by the by the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela, um, all those all those uh, magic moments, no? And I, and there one I was thinking about that song walking into the the center of Santiago. There was a group of pipers um, performing that song. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. Um, so that's why I think it was a magic moment. And uh, um, and then you know that was a great high um, attending the the pilgrims mass um, with the pilgrims I I walked with. No people from Ireland, from uh, Germany, from Portugal, from Brazil, uh, from Spain as well. Um, that was a group I walked with. Um, during that Camino and, uh, and then saying goodbye to everyone. So that's the, the, the big low of that moment as well. No. So, uh, yeah. The big so high and the big low. Yeah. The big high and the big low, but yeah. of course you continue being in touch with everyone. No, but it's, uh, but it's a big high and a big low at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you said earlier that we're all part of that big community, which is really comforting um, and, and lovely when you walk the streets of Santiago the day you finish and the, the days after and you run into different people who perhaps yes. you've crossed paths with. It's just so lovely, isn't it? You know, it's, um, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah, I, yeah, it's great. You'll be sitting out the front of a bar and you, oh my gosh, yes. hello, you know, and you, it's so nice. Yeah, big hugs. Meeting and talking with pilgrims from around the world is one of the great joys of the Camino. Yes. And there's an old saying Absolutely. the Camino won't give you what you want, it'll give you what you need. What do you make of that, yeah. of that saying, Lilia? Well, because, yeah, I connect that with the word expectations. No? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it levels your expectations, like in, in life, I, I would say. Um, uh, you know, it's it connects you again with, you know, it's like what, what is possible, what is relevant again. No? So I may have this big idea in my mind of something that I want to accomplish, uh, or I may want to walk... Um, 70 kilometers in a day and well yeah but you know you can only afford walking you know 10 kilometers that day because yeah. your body is responding <laughs> <laughs> so pacing yourself no so it's i think that's you know the camino gives you what you what you what you actually um need no it's not what you want this is absolutely true and i also think you know it's like in in receiving what you what you need um, it actually makes you at peace as well, you know, and uh, I always say that, you know, I suffer from the side effects of walking the Camino de Santiago, um, which I think is a good, you know, set of side effects to have, no, um, uh, that we all carry ourselves uh, um, after being uh, as part of this community. Um, but I think it's, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it's, you know, it's also the, you understand the signs more, I think. You become more self-aware. Like in the Camino, the signs are follow the arrows, the way marks. You have the shells, no? So those are the symbols of the Camino. I call them your best friends, no? Because you, you literally don't need a GPS or a phone. Um, you just follow the signs, you know? You trust the process, Trusting the Camino because the Camino will provide. No, yeah, that's yeah. another big lesson. Uh, that's another big lesson uh, of what you need more than what you want. How do you explain or describe the Camino to people who ask about it? Ah, that's a good question. Yeah, if they ask me, um, 
I would say, I usually say it's a walk that will challenge you on many levels. Mm. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Because, you know, if you ever had that feeling, you know, it's like walking on the Camino and then having a challenging day, um, or maybe you never had a challenging day on the Camino, but I've had several. And I would say to myself, why on earth did I decide to put myself in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, walking up here or, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's difficult um, Mm -hmm. carrying your backpack or this and that. So it's like, yeah, so it's it's a walk that challenges you on many levels. Um, Yeah. So that's what I would, I would usually say, yeah. What do you make of walking in the footsteps of millions of pilgrims before you? Oh, it's, uh, it's a very special feeling. Uh, uh, humility. Uh, it makes me feel a lot of pride. Um, a sense of belonging to a shared community. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's very special. You know, there's another book um, that I came across um, uh, in Santiago de Compostela, actually, by an, a Spanish author. Um, she's a journalist, very well known in Spain, um, uh, Isabel San Sebastián. And she wrote a book called La Peregrina, the, the pilgrim, the yeah. female pilgrim. Right. And it's a very interesting book because it talks about, um, she did a lot of great research about the, the when the Camino, uh, the moment that uh, somebody um, thought that there was something happening in what is Santiago de Compostela today, where the remains of St. James allegedly were there. And so how they sent someone to Oviedo, uh, which is Asturias today, no? where the Camino Primitivo starts. And um, they sent someone um, to King Alfonso at that time. Um, and that was actually the first, the first pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, where he traveled with his entourage um, to see what was happening there. Right. Uh, yeah. So and she talks about, you know, this concept, of what, what you're asking me about us, uh, like, walking in the footsteps of people who, you know, hundreds of years, uh, over a thousand years ago, we are all belonging to the same, you know, community, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a sense of uh, uh, belonging to this community and a lot of gratitude also to the people of Spain as well. That, yeah. that always us, letting us be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I really love that. Thinking back to those, the, that era, those those years, and all that time passed. It's fantastic. I thought that um, she she did a very interesting. Um, she combines, you know, from the Camino, uh, because the Camino is is a lot of uh, history. There is religion. There is symbolism. There is myth. And she did a very good work of bringing all these pieces together. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, fabulous. Has the Camino changed your life? Uh, Well, yes, of course. You know, um, as I, you know, it gave gave a sense, you know, of, uh, of being grounded, 
much more um, and and helping me, um, you know, look back into what is relevant and what is not. And in that sense, it has changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a, an outlook now that um, I didn't have before. And that is, yeah, um, I think it, in that sense, it, it, it did help transform my life. Can everyone find their path? Ah, that's a great question. I think yes. Yes. Um, I think it's, uh, but it's also, I think it's also, and I think more than that, I think it's important to um, understand, you know, your path. You know, what is it, what is it that you are doing? What is your why? What is your purpose? Mm. And these are difficult questions to ask yourself. Yeah. And what is, um, what is re- relevant to you? Yeah. Yeah. And what is it that you bring, um, you know, what is your contribution? How do you want to contribute? You know, where are you making mistakes? Um, where, where forgiveness is necessary for yourself and for others as well. Um, yeah. yeah, but definitely yes. The answer is yes. And I wonder we, we go back to those three key elements that you mentioned earlier, fears, mm. um, growing, uh, learning rather, yeah. and growth. Yeah. And that will help yeah. you find your path. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Lilia, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, but I'm going to ask you just quickly to tell us a Camino story. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, so many, so many. That's a difficult question to ask a pilgrim uh, because we have so many. <laughs> I know. That's the best part about it. <laughs> You know, I yeah, um, I have several, but you know, maybe one that is relevant for um, the times that we are living today. Um, I think it was my day number two on the Camino, um, and it had been a fantastic day, but also very challenging, um, physically uh, speaking, because I was it was challenging, um, and I thought you know that I trained enough, but you never train enough. And it was challenging on, on my body, physically speaking. Um, so I made it to finally to my destination and the municipal albergue where I was going to be staying that evening. And it was a, I was in a lot of pain, um, a lot of physical pain, um, to the point that I, I thought, I really thought that I was not going to be able to walk the next day. Um, and, um, and I get there. And I had to wait for the because, of course, it's a municipal albergue and, you know, the person, you know, you had to call the person to come uh, open the, the, um, the hostel for you. Um, so I was in, a, I don't think I was in my best mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was nice, but, you know, internally I was, you know, I was in a lot of pain. So I really wanted to take a shower and go yeah. straight to bed. Yeah. Um, and so she opened the, the albergue. It was really packed, but at least there was a bed for me waiting. Um, and the first thing I see on the, on the wall was a, a sign that said, um, a tourist demands and a pilgrim gives thanks. And, you know, when, when I read that, 
that act- automatically changed my mood. Um, and, you know, it really put me back into my intention or the why I was doing the Camino. And, um, and again, you know, I checked in. I went to take a shower. It was a cold day. The shower only had the cold water. You know, all those challenges that you put yourself through, no? Yeah. And, uh, and I went to bed. Um, I had something to eat that night. I went to bed and I seriously thought the next day I was actually going to have to take a rest day. And, um, and there it's 5 a.m. in the morning the next day. And I didn't have any more pain, which I think it was amazing. And, um, and I said, you know, something, you know, it's moving me, uh, to keep on walking. And, and I was very grateful for that, but I always remember and actually had a, took a picture of that sign that I always, uh, um, that I have with me, um, because it's, it's a reminder of so many things, you know, um, that sometimes, you know, our expectations, our demands and what we want to accomplish here and there. And, um, the sense of gratitude and, and being grateful for where we are and what we have right now, it's enough. You know, it's like I have my health, I have uh, my community, I have family, I have great friends, I have uh, I have the privilege of doing things that I love to do. Um, those are things that I need to be grateful for. Um, and that's that's one you know that's I thought is is a nice story to share, um, given the times that we are living. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Oh, Lilia, <laughs> I have so thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and you've given us so much to think about. And and being somebody who who teaches diversity and social inclusion, uh, you you're a great. I don't want to say you're a great thinker, but you've given it a lot of thought, and I really appreciate that. Um, this has been a beautiful interview. So I really, really want to say thank you from me and on behalf of all of my listeners. And I hope your soul continues to lead you on this path of adventure and truth. And I hope that perhaps one day I might cross paths with you, which would be wonderful. Thanks for everything you do. Buen Camino. And thank you and Buen Camino. And and thank you for keeping us connected as part of this uh, Camino community. My guest this week, Professor Lilia Mooney, who teaches diversity and social inclusion at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. I love pilgrims. I love their energy, their optimism, their sense of humor. They don't seem to take themselves too seriously. Remember this week's saying, follow your soul. It knows the way. Thank you for your company this week and every week. The podcast continues to go from strength to strength in terms of downloads. I'm most grateful. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Oh, and before I sign off, we're going to finish with little Carlos Nunez, some of that lovely pipe playing that Lilia talked about as she walked into Santiago de Compostela. Until next week, Buen Camino. Buen Camino.